0: If you can bring value to the table and generate results, you'll never look back. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real
1: about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft. And give you the tools tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level and now your host chris lukey hey welcome to episode 43 today we're going to be talking about using content for creating a digital twin of your sales team We'll be speaking with Greg Michio, agency owner over at Winbound. And to be quite frank, of the three things you can expect from this episode... Really, the bulk of it's going to be about content marketing. First, we're going to learn about Greg's story, but as far as content goes, Greg is going to address common mistakes he sees, why having a great message is so important, playing to your strengths, and some very specific targeted actions to take as it relates to content marketing and SEO. Finally, since Greg is also based in Wisconsin, he's just down the road in Madison, we are certainly going to talk a little bit about beer as well. To access any of the resources we mentioned in today's episode, you can check those out over at the show notes page at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 43. And if you are enjoying the show, I certainly want to encourage you to leave a five-star rating in review over at Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. When you say nice things, it helps us put the show on the map. It gives us feedback as to what to feature. And to thank you, I want to make sure I keep reading the reviews that you folks are leaving over there on the iTunes platform. This recent one comes from Anonymous. If you can, leave your name. I certainly want to give you a shout out here. But this individual says, this show is great for learning new trends. I found this podcast last week and have really enjoyed the topics and guest speakers. Keep it up. Well, hey, I want to thank you for taking the time to leave that rating and review again. If you're interested in leaving a five-star rating, please do that over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. And with that, I told you we were going to talk about beer. So let me get you introduced to Greg and we'll dive into that right now. Well, let's rock and roll. Our guest today is another marketing master and someone that has come with one of the best analogies for what modern content should look like. He's the owner and strategic director at Winbound, a Madison, Wisconsin-based agency specializing in content marketing, SEO, and conversions. Greg Michio, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Chris. Uh, Good to be here.
1: Yeah, we've chatted a number of times. I've been to your craft marketing happy hours that you do with the American Marketing Association there with Madison. So we are well acquainted. And uh, in true manufacturing happy hour fashion, since you are based in Madison, Wisconsin, we could be out doing this interview at a bar. Where would we be drinking right now?
0: Well, when we do craft marketing, we go to the... um... Oh, uh, vintage brewing, which is over on Whitney Way. Okay, um, but there is a variety of great microbrews all over Madison, and I'm actually—I think you—I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but you usually ask people what they're drinking, and I'm drinking from Alt Brew, which is a gluten-free beer that's manufactured at Alt Brew. It's a microbrew on the east side. Alt So we brew. can be there too. Alt Brew.
1: Yeah, someone was just telling me about them because I'm just thinking it's on the east side of the Ith- Ith- the isthmus, correct? Is that right. how you pronounce it over there? I can never, it's a, it's a hard word to get, but it's a, basically a strip of land that's surrounded by lakes. So it's kind yes, of an, right. it's like the opposite of a peninsula or an island in some regards. I don't really know a good way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, well, vintage brewing or alt brew, a lot of good options over there. Well, let's say we're hanging out at vintage brewing and someone comes up to you and says, you know, Greg, I know you're in content marketing and you're talking about this whole thing that content is like a digital twin of your sales force. How do you describe that to someone if you're hanging out with them at Vintage Brewing?
0: So the uh, 70% of the uh, buying process occurs online today. So what we came up with, with this idea for the digital twin is your salespeople can't be online all the time. They can't be uh, where your customers are always searching. So use, create content to recreate that, digi- that salesperson presence online. And that's essentially the premise of it. So we help companies, which are basically sales-oriented, create the content to recreate their sales team online. And that's just one segment of it. We'll get into a little bit more as we go on, I'm sure. But that's it in a nutshell.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a good summary. And it's a it's a topic that's very passionate to me because I left my job uh, to really focus more on marketing and podcasting after really doing that digital twin strategy for myself as a salesperson for years. You know, I was a salesperson. I couldn't be in front of my customers all the time. So I utilized all these other digital assets to kind of recreate myself or influence people when I wasn't around. That's always the, the way I've looked at it. So I think it's a great analogy especially since our audience is, is really familiar with Digital Twins and that manufacturing concept where you have a digital you know model, simulation, recreation, emulation of an actual manufacturing process or machine. But I think it's a great analogy for this audience. And I want to get into that a little bit more, but I want to hear a bit about your story too, because you were, if I understand it right, kind of in the same position as me, where you had worked for other companies over time, and eventually you went off to found windbound correct where you're the owner now is that correct. is that the correct and 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 i'm just curious what what kind of motivated that or what was the inflection point for you to say you know i see a need and i should start a business around this
0: i am my background is as a copywriter so um, i spent a lot of time early in my career working in ad agencies internal communications departments Um, even for a mortgage startup, working with sales teams directly, I was the marketing person and I worked with the sales team. And I think that's really where uh, a lot of my focus on sales comes into play with marketing. But it was about um, right about, I think, 2007. And um, I was working for a very stable insurance company here in Madison. And uh, in a brilliant business move i decided to go out on my own and become fr- a freelancer right as the great recession was kicking in i <laughs> highly recommend you do that um always a smart business move uh but uh so I, I i was freelance and i was working with some uh the clients that i had kind of built up of my freelance business around and then uh as i continued to work um the internet got bigger and bigger and um I really started to focus on the emerging field of content marketing, which is essentially, you know, websites have needed content through since the beginning of websites. And uh, I just started to build on that and create content for a few clients, small, small marketing teams, and we're getting great success. And I was like, I enjoyed working with the small marketing teams. And I thought this is a real need for small marketing teams to they, they can't get to the content they can't create it and they don't want to hire a full-time writer why don't I just make a company that just services small marketing teams and there is like a gazillion small marketing teams out there so that's where we started winbound and uh, you know now we have uh, several writers we've got a person specifically uh, focused on marketing but that was kind of the genesis of it
1: Awesome. Well, I have to ask another question. You mentioned you mentioned that you had some clients from your freelancing, but for any of those aspiring entrepreneurs out there, for people that are thinking of taking some sort of career move, what was it like making that move in the middle of the recession? You mentioned it, but how did you get through that? I'm curious because that timing does seem rather inconvenient when that happens.
0: <laughs> you um, you know, the, the recession is I, I I find it's kind of interesting because. If you, were, if you were bringing value to the table, recession won't always affect you. So Ooh. if you are servicing people and you've got something of value, you're they're probably going to keep you around. And so what I gravitated towards was what was something I could provide of real value that I could show. And I mean, I think that was kind of what really led me into content marketing and being able to show results and, um, and you know, show how you're impacting the bottom line. And that the, I think that the, the thing I always say to my team is, um, you know our goal is when the next recession rolls around and it will roll around, um, we want to be the team that, you know we're the last thing the owner wants to get rid of. And it actually, you know when COVID kicked in, we actually one of our clients, we kept all our clients, uh, one of our clients, scaled back and he was actually laying people off before he was, he, he scaled back with us a little bit, but he was actually laying people off and still kept working with us cause he knew he had to keep marketing through the recession, he was getting results. So that's, I mean, that's my folk, that's what I would say. If you're thinking about embarking on your own, it's a scary thing, but if you can bring value to the table and generate results, you'll never look back you'll mm-hmm. you'll be your own i mean people say you're work for yourself you're always working for clients of course But you can definitely write your own ticket.
1: Well, what I love about that is I think that doesn't just apply to someone that's taking the entrepreneurial leap. That applies to someone at their company that if you're bringing results and you're bringing value, your job is probably safer. So great thing to keep in mind uh, in any field that you might be in. I love getting to know a bit more of your story because, like I said, you and I have talked a number of times on a number of different mediums. But this is our first time getting to do an interview. So since we're on the topic of content marketing today... A great place I like to start when we get into this conversation is what's the the number one mistake or maybe a few mistake you're seeing companies make when it comes to content marketing? And let's let's kind of keep the focus on like the B2B industrial side of things.
0: I think that where we're kind of coming to with our evolution and, and you know, it is an evolution for everybody is, who does marketing and it always is. One of the things that is becoming more and more apparent to me is 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 not to get too wrapped up in the tactics and the the digital tricks and the algorithms and everything obviously there's rules of the game and you need to follow them but at the end of the day you're you're writing content for people you're trying to reach people people are the key and focus on people first and, and and you know, let that be your guiding light, and that's what we've tried to do. I mean, that, I mean, if you look at the digital twin, that we're we're all about trying to recreate a person with the content and what they would, you know, the things they would say at the certain points in the relationship. So you know, think about the people, think about your customer, and what are they talking about in the language that they're using. And I, I, I feel like that there's just so many bells and whistles out there in so mm-hmm. many different media and it's it's easy to lose track of you know what really matters I'm interested to get
1: some of the steps that people take to get to having a good content plan? Because you mentioned talking to different people at different times. So it's not necessarily the same message um, at the start of the sales cycle as it is in the middle of the sales cycle. But where I want to go first is, can we put this in the context of like an example? So when we're talking about content, you know, I assume a lot of people are thinking about blogs. Is that what we're describing here? Is there there another way to think about it?
0: I, I think of content as... Really, anything that you are creating to convey a message. So, I think I said to you uh, last time we chatted that uh, sales start with great content, and I, I think you could say success starts with great content. But I mean, wh- when you started me out with the elevator pitch at the beginning of this interview, you know, before we got on, and I'm always thinking about ways I can convey that in a in a more concise manner. That's content mm-hmm. and uh, you know you you do you've built an incredible community with your you know audio content right so there's video content there's written content, so it takes many forms um, when we're just i guess when we're talking about content now what's uh... When
1: it comes to content right now, I guess I'm, I'm curious because we were talking before the interview. I just got off of my first clubhouse calls where I was participating. You know, that's a new audio platform we have out right now. You know, do you tend to focus? You mentioned it's around a great message and a great message can go to any medium. You know, right now, where what what's a medium you're really focusing on? Or is it still some of the tried and true methods that you've been doing for a long time?
0: You know, we are writers first and Mm -hmm. foremost at Windbound and I'm a writer. And, uh, I just put out a, a post the other day on, you know, what's the best type of content to produce. And, and I think it's, what's the content that you feel most comfortable producing? What's your, what's your wheelhouse? And for you, it's, it's what we're doing right now, um, now, kudos to you because this is this is so much more fun than sitting and trying to write a you know two thousand word blog post. Um, but you know, some of us are just built differently, and we have different talents, and uh, we focus on on the written word because we can generate it quickly without a ton of production overhead and um, to anyone to anywhere and you know there's still such a huge need for written content we're all reading we're all reading on our phones of course we're watching a lot of TikTok videos mm-hmm. there's no denying that but uh, some of us do read and and I actually I feel like once you start to get into the thought leadership areas uh, the written word becomes more and more critical and I think you know, I, I always look back at some of the great business leaders, and they they spend a lot of time reading. And they, um, you know, from Mark Cuban to Warren Buffett to Bill Gates, if you look down the line, each one of these people puts aside time to read. And I, I personally was raised as a reader. My folks, their bookshelves are lined; they're always reading, and it's just it's in my DNA. But I also feel like it's 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 a magical thing, and it's a great way for you to really convey your your message. I mean, once you're reading and you're hearing your own voice saying something, it seems like it sinks in more. So we we really focus on the, the written word, but it can be repurposed, Chris, into doing tons of things. It can be absolutely you can take a video out of it. So what, what we tell or or uh, you know graphics, and what we tell our clients is, look, you, somebody's got to write the script. Mm -hmm. You want to make a great movie. That's great. But somebody has got to write the script and start the ball rolling. And that's what we do.
1: It's it's funny. You took the words out of my mouth a little bit there. Um, A lot of great value in there. Fr- first of all, you talk about, you go, you guys are writers. So you're playing to your strengths. You're doing what you guys can crank out quickly. Um, You know, I love the leadership lesson in there. Leaders spend a lot of time reading. Reading is always going to be a timeless medium. I don't see blogging going away anytime soon. And the best part is, is what you ended on is that it can be repurposed. Um, You know, you look at it really, if you get a good blog post, you can just as quickly turn that into a podcast. You can turn that into a video. Realistically, you can probably turn it into a couple videos that you can reshare on social media, and that's you know a lot of the work I- I've been doing right now since I left Rockwell. You know, with um, the team over at Steam Chain that I've been working with right now, we we kind of take the approach: we'll do a Zoom call like this, we'll record that content first, and then turn it into a blog post, and then take that and chop it up into little videos. So I love that you describe it as you're preparing the script for people that go into this so excellent way to uh to describe that we'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor are you searching for an e-commerce platform tailored to your industrial operation well look no further than our sponsor for today's episode gen alpha Gen Alpha equips manufacturers, distributors, and dealers with the products and services they need to accelerate profits online. Now, I've been lucky enough to really get to know the folks over at Gen Alpha for the past few months, and what I love about them is that their entire leadership team comes from our industry. Not only do they know e commerce, but they understand the challenges that manufacturing companies face when ordering parts online. If implementing an e commerce platform is new territory for you, or you feel like you could be doing it better, Gen Alpha offers an e-commerce readiness assessment to help OEMs identify their areas of strength and weakness in order to prioritize the activities required for a successful e-commerce launch. To learn more about Gen Alpha, make sure to head to manufacturinghappyhour.com/genalpha to listen to our interview with their president and COO, Christina Harrington. There, you can also find a direct link to their e-commerce readiness assessment, or you can check them out on the web at genalpha.com. In summary, if you're an equipment manufacturer, distributor, and your customers struggle to identify the right parts for the job, Gen Alpha can help. And now, back to today's episode. So if if someone has not been uh, doing content marketing so far? Someone's like, you know, I know this is important. I hear about it all the time. We've got a little bit of a social media presence, but we haven't updated our blog in two years or something like that. What do you recommend is like a first step or what are the steps that people should start taking to think about content the right way?
0: We start out with ours. Uh, our onboarding process is is pretty simple. Um, and what we do is you first of all, you you have to have a plan. Uh, you have to have a strategy. and uh, what we do is first of all, we want to find out you know what's the goal of the company, obviously, what do you want to focus on? but then we we really try and find out, okay, so let's let's talk about it in the terms of the digital twin, okay? so we want to recreate that digital twin so when someone's searching online, uh, they can find you and, in uh, In all honesty, the digital twin can also help reinforce your sales team as well. It's not meant to replace them. Mm-hmm. It's meant to complement them and reinforce what they're saying so how you know how many times have you heard a salesperson maybe quote something to you or heard I heard the statistic twenty five percent you know seventy percent of the sales take place online. If he can go back and send you a PDF of an in-depth article about exactly what he was talking about, that just adds more depth and value to what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so when we're going to create this digital twin, we break it into three simple, three simple areas. And it's an old sales adage that people will only do business with you if they know you, they like you, and they trust you. That that has been an eternal, um, you know, adage of sales. And so what we say is you want to create your content to function in the same way. So you want content that will help people get to know you, uh, more informational, solving their problems, content to get them to like you. So we say create content that are some tools that can help them do their job better. Um, And move them down the sales funnel to the purchase. So like an online calculator or a configurator for the manufacturing industry. And then what is some content to help to get them to trust you? So this would be around your product, any kind of data driven uh, specs, but more importantly, case studies, case studies, case studies, case studies. Show them the social proof of what you've done for your clients and show them the quantitative and qualitative differences you've made in their lives. So if we're going to create the content through those three steps, uh, we, we need to start out with really knowing what the customer wants and is searching for. So we start out with keyword research from an SEO standpoint. So what are people actually searching for? Um, and that's very important, especially in manufacturing, because what you call your product might not be what somebody else calls it. So we need to find out their language. We also talk to the salespeople. What, what is making the sales happen for you? Uh, you know, what what are your customers saying? What do you use to move them? And then we also reach out to the uh to the customers and the prospects. And we do one-on-one interviews with them to really find out what they're looking for in those three stages. What kind of content are they looking for? And then what do they value in the prospect or in the, in the product or the service? And then from there, we can, it's easy to craft a strategy then. You can just figure out what types of content in those three stages. And then what's the priority? Look at the website and then execute Away you go. I love that. Some really good tactical
1: advice in in there in terms of, you know, doing your keyword research, knowing that what you think your keywords are might not be what your customers are calling your keywords. So make sure you're ranking for that. but a lot, some of the most powerful takeaways there, you know, I think that 70% stat of sales taking place online makes a lot of sense to people. You know, we're in this day and age where we know if someone's buying something, they've done a lot of their research before they've picked up the phone or sent you a LinkedIn message. Um, but the three areas for creating an effective content digital twin know like and trust it's kind of similar i say something similar i tell people you know if you're putting content on social media it should either educate about you know about the solution you provide to a pro that solves someone's problem it's got to address someone's problem um it should uh uh celebrate a customer i've always found that's a great way you know in your case that could be the case study you're talking about but i think highlighting the people you're working with is effective and then also you know engaging is the word that a lot of people use but i say entertain like the uh, content should have at least some entertainment value to it or at least you know if you're scrolling on social media so it gets someone to stop and look at it because you're competing with a lot of other noise out there um but i like that creating that no like and trust uh way you put it for having that content that engages throughout the sales cycle, you know, and, and cause you uh, go on there. Cause I, I think you, you mentioned some powerful points, you know, so you need to get to know someone, but as someone's about to make a buying decision, they're going to be looking at something different than kind of a hot top of funnel blog post, for example.
0: Well, and this is, this is an important thing too. And when we first came up with the digital twin, you know, it, it's, it's, It's great because it's a very simple way to explain content marketing. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I get that. I like that. The digital twin of the salesperson. But let's really talk about what the digital twin is and the function of it in the manufacturing perspective is you're creating this. It's a digital representation of a product or a manufacturing process. And why are you creating it? You're creating something digitally so you can prototype it. You can test it. And it's it's a little bit lower risk, right? Because it's digital. Think about the digital twin as being there between your sales team and your customers. Now, without a doubt, we're gonna emulate what the sales team says, but we're gonna take feedback from the customers and shape that digital twin and that marketing message. And if we're doing it right, we should not only improve the messaging of the, customer, of the sales team, we should inform the sales team what the customer really wants. And one thing that we're really big aspiration for us this year is to really get down into a um, market research level of when you were talking about entertaining and stopping the scroll, you know, I, I would say what, what really makes people stop it's, it's, it's emotion, it's something that is gonna make them laugh, cry, whatever. Um, and, and what we wanna do is figure out on an emotional level, what the customer really wants, and use that to shape the digital twin, and then inform the sales team. Hey, look, this is really the hot spot for the customer. So there's, there's a few techniques that we're going to be experimenting with as we move forward in 2021. You know, I mentioned the one-on-one interviews. Uh, we're working with um, some emotional data firms out there um, to kind of take that to the next level. So that's that's exciting stuff. And I, down the road, I'd like to, you know, keep you keep you informed, Chris, on how that's going.
1: For sure. And and I think, you know, we've we've covered a lot of ground today. I have a few more questions for you. But, but first and foremost, can we kind of wrap this in an example of what how this has worked for a client of yours and whether it's a different industry or because I know you work with others besides manufacturing, but just something that kind of puts this into perspective in terms of an example.
0: Yeah, uh, we work with a company called uh, Delta ModTech, I think is a good example They're uh, They make converting machinery um, based up in Minneapolis. So we we produced like a, a great top of funnel uh, piece of content for them was about, um, you know, they, they sell these very sophisticated pieces of machinery. Uh, we built a top of funnel piece of content around section uh, 179, which is uh, in the tax code. Um, it's a certain tax break you can get for a big piece of machinery. And so we wrote a big piece of content about that. And we talked to some accountants and it's like, it's off base a little bit, but it's, you know, it got people to know us who might not know Delta ModTech and, uh, you know, got some great, a lot of traffic to the site. Uh, also getting people to know, to know us is uh, to know Delta. We, we did a lot of stuff with their, their, con- their vendors their partners and talking about the products that they bring out. So uh, and highlighting them on the blog and creating content around that. Then we've also mid funnel that getting to like you, we've created some tools that you can come and download and improve your converting process. So there's, you know, generating, getting that lead generation, or at least getting them on the email list as we, um, you know, get them down the sales funnel. Um, And then finally just, a ton of great case studies that we've produced for them. Um, and, you know, the case studies are great because they're not really, um, Andy Crestedina is a great content marketer and he says, um, you know, when you say it, you, the company say it, it's marketing. When your customers say it, it's social proof. And using the customer's words in exact quotes to describe what um, what the customer has done or the, the client or the company that we represent has done. And then also having them report on actual throughput um, has been pretty amazing. Uh, and some of the results that these people are generating, uh, just crazy. So that, that's kind of an example of how that's worked on the digital twin side.
1: Well, two Two things really stuck out to me from that example. One, I can't highlight the importance of testimonials enough. For whatever reason, it seems to be something we miss in the manufacturing industry. You know, it's, if you think about it, I mean, the easiest example is that's how we buy anything on Amazon these days. You know, we're going to look at the, does it have a four and a half, five star review? Did people say good things about it? Did anyone have a problem with it? So I love that you highlight the importance of testimonials and uh, customer referrals in that capacity. Um, the other aspect about it, I'm Trying to remember what that was. Oh yeah, it's the the tax code top of funnel document. Like it's something that is a challenge for people in that industry. Challenge for someone that would be like Delta Mod Tech's ideal customer that gets them looking at Delta Mod Tech. And it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg. It's like, oh, by the way, we also sell equipment that might help you with this. Is that is that the strategy there?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, from there's there's just multiple facets to it. Like from a SEO perspective. You know, if we put out a great piece of content that a lot of people link to, top of funnel content, that helps you on your sell, your landing, your selling pages. And if you have a lot of links and Google uh, respects you and trusts you, um, and they'll rank you high for those landing pages. And those, it's hard to get links. It's almost impossible to get links to your product pages, but you can get links to those top of funnel, great content pieces. So that's a little piece of SEO um tactic that most people don't quite get about seo and how it works is those inbound links or people linking to your website and quoting your other content creators quoting your material and linking to it that's what google says and i i just want to throw one more thing out here and this this is something that we in our evolution are working on now is we're thinking like what's the metric right what's a metric to measure the success of content marketing or a marketing firm, and especially in the manufacturing realm. And the one thing that we keep coming back to is referrals. And this ties in with the digital twin, but think about it this way. You're getting referrals from people you know, people you make contact with, um, and your partners in the industry. Well, if you start to build your marketing presence, And you start then start to get your name out in your niche in your industry. Um, That's another layer of referrals. So, like for me, I was always getting referrals from people I knew here in Madison, people I met at American Marketing Association. The more we started to focus on manufacturing, now meeting people like you, okay, meeting people like Kurt Anderson, Allison DeFord, other marketers, and we're all, and then other other just manufacturers. They start to give you referrals. So it's that second level that you, and I'm reaching them through content marketing, right? Establishing all this, all these connections. And then finally, the coup de gras. I'm getting referrals from Google because I'm ranking. And they are trusting me because everybody's linking to me. And that's a referral to Google that these guys are good. So think of it in terms of referrals, And that's how you can measure your digital twins effectiveness.
1: I love that I didn't mean to use the word referral because I was talking about testimonials, but that was a great way to bring it back around. That was an accident on my part and a very meta answer on your part for being on a podcast. And uh, shout out to our buddy, Kurt Anderson, episode 32 of Manufacturing Happy Hour. If anyone wants to hear more from him, he's an e-commerce expert. As we're wrapping up, I I always have to end with is there a question that i wish you uh, you would that i would have asked you that i haven't asked you yet
0: i guess think about it in the perspective of uh if you have a because my my expertise and what we do is we work with uh small marketing departments and most of them are a bit paralyzed by by you know getting started and so it's like how should i get started with content marketing or how should I get started with this kind of approach? And I guess I would answer that with, you know, find your, what, what do you like to do? What are you awesome at? As my uh, one of my uh, strategic advisors always says, what are you awesome at? And if you're a small marketing team, focus on that and then bring in help around you. Cause it's hard to do it on, on your own. If you're a small team and get started, it's, it's kind of like, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, the best time is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So get started, get in the ball game and, um, you know, and then, and then have fun. I mean, I think you could probably tell me, you, you know, your, your, your background in sales, but I can tell you're having a great time doing what you're doing, Chris, just, In what in 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 content marketing and reaching out and making these connections, it's a lot of fun once you start to engage with people and build these referral networks.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're here. I'm drinking Spotted Cow here. At uh, <laughs> what time is it? I guess 4:45, an appropriate time to be drinking a Spotted Cow on a Tuesday afternoon, chatting about sales, chatting about marketing, chatting about content. No, I, I agree. I like that. I like the way you put a bow around that. Focus on the things you're good at because we've talked about it. You know, earlier in the interview, you know, when it comes to content, it's what gets your message out there. And if you're a great writer, do writing. If you're great on a microphone, do a podcast. If you're great behind the camera do video but you don't need to do all of them chances are if there's a big enough team or you have a partner or a business partner whatever it is one of you might be good at one that other person might be good at another so there's a way to divide and conquer once uh, someone like you and the team at windbound provide that script well, Greg, I just have to say it was a lot of fun. I can't wait till we do this at an actual bar in Madison. We need to I will be linking up to uh vintage brewing and alt brew in the show notes. Any other any other spots where we might be having this beverage? What's what let's give one more uh shout out before before we wrap the interview.
0: Uh well I've gotta I gotta give props to um, Cafe Hollander, which is a uh a one of the restaurants you've probably been to benelux in uh, mm-hmm. milwaukee but cafe hollander i'm on the west side is right down the hill from me so uh i've been we, we we hang out there over the summertime a lot so that's a great place with a lot of uh, fantastic belgian beers which is definitely one of my weaknesses Oh, yes. Yes.
1: I uh, I need to get back there once it becomes a little friendlier to go out again. But, yeah, I'm a sucker for fries with mayonnaise as well as a good Belgian beer. Bring on the frites. One of life's simple pleasures. Well, Greg, this has been a lot of fun. Appreciate you jumping on. Cheers. Thanks for joining Cheers. today. And to all Thank of you, you listening, Chris. stay innovative, stay thirsty. We'll catch you again next time. Hey, thanks for listening. And a big thanks to Greg for jumping on today's episode. If you're interested in diving into any of the resources we mentioned in more detail, be it Greg's Digital Twin Approach to Content Marketing or any of the numerous drinking destinations we mentioned in today's episode, you can check those out over at the show notes page at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 43. I also want to thank our sponsor one last time for this episode, Gen Alpha, Gen Alpha is the e-commerce solution for equipment manufacturers. They know what it's like to be in the field and needing to track down the right part for a piece of heavy machinery, for a piece of equipment. They know this because they've all been there before. They come from industry, so they have created, honestly, the best e-commerce platform I've seen in this space. You can check them out by going to ManufacturingHappyHour.com genalpha Gen Alpha. You can hear our interview with their COO and President. Christina Harrington there, or just head to genalpha.com to get started with them today. As we wrap up, want to thank everyone out there that's been leaving five-star ratings and reviews. As promised, I'm going to continue to take time at the beginning of these episodes to read them, and thank you for taking the time. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. It'll take you straight to the Apple podcasting platform, so you can leave a rating and review today. And with that, that's it for this week. We've got some uh, more How It's Made style episodes coming up. We've got some techie episodes coming up. We're going to have Craig Francisco from Robex back on the show here in episode 44. We're going to be talking pizza manufacturing here in episode 45. A lot of big things to be excited for. So stay tuned. We'll catch you back here on Manufacturing Happy Hour real soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.